Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. All right, Tyler. This week's episode, we're going to get into KPIs. That's right. So otherwise known as key performance indicators. Kind of give you a high-level overview of of a couple of examples of KPIs, Mm -hmm. but really want people to leave with kind of this big picture thought, kind of a takeaway, which is KPIs are really just things that move the needle in your business. And so as you're looking, thinking about your business, looking through your data, be thinking about the things that make your business go. I don't know. I mean, obviously you would think that's obviously more revenue, more customers, but there's also there's nuances to everything. Like think about if you are, and I'm saying this in the, in the vein of trying to define KPIs. Yeah. So if like you were um, a dental practice, mm-hmm. you should know how much you make on each type of service. Then you, then you should know, well, it's best if I get more of this service because it pays a higher dollar value and I give maybe the, right. the, the less profitable services to a hygienist or something like yeah. that. So it's, it's things like revenue per service or product line, customer acquisition cost, um, those sorts of things. You kind of start to understand about your business to know where you should double down. Like, hey, let's really put more resources to this because every dollar of sales of this product makes us, you know, 40 cents on the dollar. So let's really push hard on that. Or maybe some things like, man, I didn't realize we don't make as much on this particular product or service line. Let's do less of that. Yeah. So to kind of give people some perspective, this falls in sort of the second rung of that the total control accounting system sure. where you've got like the baseline is the record phase. So you're yep. getting all your data together. And then that second phase is the read. Yeah. And so the KPIs sort of live in that. This is, I wouldn't say advanced, but this is beyond just getting your basic accounting in order. And, and sure. what you always say is, like, you know, you're only as strong as the data, right? No so, question. So your KPIs are going to be something that you really need to do after you've kind of gathered all your data and you're consistent in your bookkeeping yeah and then you'll you'll actually benefit from, from yeah this information. I, I think this is where everybody or a lot of people who are starting businesses and like want to do it right this is where they want to be mm-hmm. which presupposes that your accounting i'm not gonna say is on autopilot but like it's done somebody's taking care of that somebody's mm-hmm. reviewing it like you have accurate real-time data. Like, that's not the issue. This is what uh, every stock photography picture of business meeting, this is what they're reviewing. No question. The charts and the graphs, this is all the KPIs, I know, thinking of all the colors, the pie charts. Yeah, exactly. But it really is, though. I mean, like, it's, it's like, hey, we've got our feet under us. We know what we're doing. Okay, let's start to fine tune. Let's start to figure out where, if I push this lever down, what does that do? Or if I push that lever down, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think you're right. Like this is the stuff that, you know, it goes from like a spectrum of like just vital information to you can kind of start geeking out over and like hypothesize and all these, you know, different scenarios. And I'll say this real quick. This is why I would say to clients, we don't sell accounting services. We do. We do accounting, but we sell financial health, peace of mind, so to speak. And what we're saying that is we sell accounting services so we can get the data good so that we can do this stuff. Yeah. That's for us, accounting is just a foundational piece to doing all the fun stuff that you came right. for. Gotcha. I want to dive into about five of them that I okay. found that all I right. feel like these are the baseline of just a place to get started. These aren't obviously 
all of them, but right. from this list, you'll start to kind of think what could apply to your business. So the first one just right out of the gate is like baseline net profit. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Exactly. If you can't, if it's if it's not too simple. <laughs> well, it is kind of simple, but it also again just hammers the point away that you've got to have accurate accounting. So net profit is very simply the profit you made. Income less expenses, no more, you know, complex than that. But some people don't even get that step right because they don't have their accounting done properly. Yeah. Now I'll ask a question: Is cost of goods sold? In this equation? Yes. So okay. if you were to kind of work like technically through, and so let me back up a little bit and say we're talking net profit, we're talking the income statement or the PL, the profit and loss. Those cha- those terms are used interchangeably. Income statement, profit and loss statement are the same thing. Gotcha. So, you that's, might so hear, that's where you'd find it. That's where you'd so find you might hear me using, you might hear me say PL or income statement. I'm using those terms interchangeably because they refer to the same gotcha. thing. So yeah. So you're talking about income, so uh, let me back up, revenue or sales, again, same kind of term, less cost of goods sold be your net, like your, your net uh, net margin, um, uh, and then net margin minus your operating expenses would be then your net profit. Okay. So think about, like, you know, like you said, the direct cost to produce your product or service mm-hmm. would be in cost of goods sold. So I want to know, like, what's my gross profit? It's sales yeah. minus cost of goods sold. And then, so that gets into how much money do I have left available to pay the operating expenses, the rent, the utilities, the payroll, that sort of thing, my software costs, all that kind of stuff. And then that gets you to net profit. Gotcha. And just to be clear, net profit's usually a line item by default. Yes. In zero, like on your PL. Correct. When you produce your income statement on P, on, on zero. Yes. It's nothing you have to do. Right. It just, by using an accounting software, which is why we right. obviously strongly recommend that, it's pre formatted for you. Basically, the bottom line number, yeah. net profit or loss. Yeah. And I mean, this is something you're probably looking at on a, I mean, as often as you're reconciling your, your accounting information. Yeah. All right. And I will say this, can I, I will just mention one thing. A lot of times you're also you're also and I think we're gonna get into the next one, you're using net profit as a percentage of other things. So net profit as a percentage of sales, I think is the next thing we're gonna get into. But you're always looking at your profit generally as a percentage of things or other things as a percentage of net profit. So it's a yeah. really good tool to have. And in con- comparison to obviously previous months, Correct. previous same month, previous Trends, year, you know, um, things like that. Yep. So, all right, that's we don't want to spend too much time because that's kind of just the standard point of entry. All right, net profit margin. Yeah, it's simply what do you what of of every dollar of sales, how much of that is your net profit? So the best way I can say that is this what most people just call profit margin? Correct. Yeah, net profit margin. Um, but you've also got gross profit percentage, which would be your cost your your net after your cost of goods sold divided by your sales. So I think the best way to do all of this is is to put some numbers to it. Let's just say you have $100,000 of sales and you have a $10,000 profit after all of your expenses are paid out, then you would have a 10% profit margin. That means you could say every dollar of revenue brings 10 cents to the bottom line. And the bottom line, again, I'm trying not to use jargon or terms here, but the bottom line being net profit. That's okay. People also use that term interchangeably. Gotcha. People you hear people say, I'm in the black you know, are in the red. They're talking about their net profit, black being positive, red being negative gotcha. or loss. So, yeah, that's very simply uh, profit as a percentage of your sales. Okay. All right. 
quick ratio. This was something I'd never heard of before yeah. mentioned. I've heard all the other terms you've thrown out yeah. so far, but quick ratio wasn't something I'd quick heard one, before. Quick ratio is a good one because it really gets down into the nitty gritty of like, what do I have available to pay expenses basically, or what's my liquidity? And so liquidity being what cash can I draw from? So quick. And then, how is this different than just checking your bank account? <laughs> Well, because I think because it incorporates it incorporates I'm about to say cost of goods so that's not right it incorporates accounts receivable so generally most people get paid fairly quickly on accounts receivable so they kind of include it in the conversation of I'm going to have that cash I see. and you and I have talked yeah. about this a little bit kind of how you would say you would do your cash flow planning right okay. and, it, and for you it was when you were in the real estate company it was hey we have these closings coming right, right. that wasn't necessarily accounts receivable yet but it kind yeah, of was exactly it's basically you're thinking so the quick ratio would be cash and they say marketable securities. Not a lot of small businesses have marketable securities. But think if you maybe had a money market account. Maybe you didn't have all your cash at the local bank or whatever bank. Mm-hmm. You had some in an online bank or money market making you a few dollars. Plus your accounts receivable minus your current obligations or current liabilities. Those things you got to pay now. Your credit card bill, your rent, like accrued type expenses, your payroll taxes. Mm-hmm. It's basically what do I have now that I know I can spend considering the fact that I have these bills coming up. Gotcha. That's basically the and, – and again, a lot of people are doing this kind of shorthand cash flow projections, kind of back of the envelope kind of stuff like yeah. I have this much cash today. I expect to collect these receivables in the next 30 days, and I expect mm-hmm. to pay out these bills. Yeah. A lot of times, quick ratio, no more complicated than that. Now, it's a percentage. It's that denom- the numerator being yeah. those assets. What is the number? Like I'm looking at this, and I'm not understanding. So the number would be – Cash. I'm gonna throw out marketable securities because yeah. not many people. Have. Cash it, plus so receivables. It's a dollar amount. Yeah. Well, okay. it's a percentage. Okay. So it's 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 dollars. So cash and receivables. That sum divided by your current liabilities. So okay. obviously you want that thing to be more than one. Okay. Which would mean you have more than enough current assets mm-hmm. to cover your current liabilities. Gotcha. And so you track that number, and then you see you begin to develop a pulse of like absolutely, yeah, how liquid you are. Correct. Because think about it: if you were going to make a big business decision, and you knew it was going to consume a lot of your resources currently, you'd want to know that you've got some buffer to use those resources mm-hmm. before you have to go borrow more money. Right. You know, you'd want to know like, okay, I've got plenty of cash, and I'm going to collect on those receivables. History data tells me mm. I collect on my receivables in 15 to 30 days, something like that. Gotcha. So I could I could confidently say I'm going to have that I'm going to have that money to pay my my obligations that stand now. But what if I hire a new person? What if I, you know, just whatever mm. big expense I want to buy a piece of equipment, that sort of thing. So it just kind of gives you in a very simplistic fashion. A roadmap of the cash flow. Gotcha. Okay. And is this something, I mean, I, I haven't seen this like in zero or anything. Is this like a report you can generate in yeah, zero? Yeah, I don't know that zero has something you have to. Zero has like what they call their business snapshot. They also have a place where you can do, they have some metrics. I think this is one. I'm not, I don't use that a ton, but I think yeah. this is, there's a place, I can't remember the exact term in zero, but there's a place where they have financial ratios, and I'm pretty sure this is one. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right, customer acquisition cost. I feel like this one will hit a little closer to home. To, yeah, to, this to, is this is a difficult one. I would say in the sense that um, 
you got to have your data really. Yeah. You got to have I, your data really what tight. What I mean is, I feel like a lot of people would. I've heard this mm-hmm. being. I mean, this is, seems like something everybody's after. Yeah, because again, you're trying to plot out what does a new customer cost me versus what do they bring in. And then so that also gets into your marketing efforts, whether you buy an existing book of business or not, or whether you say, you know, in that discussion where you're thinking about, well, I could go buy, like in my business, I'll give a perfect example. Lots of CPAs sell their book of business, sell their practice. But if you know that and you know what that costs you, but then you know what it costs you normally to acquire a customer, you're doing that kind of math in your head like, man, my marketing efforts could produce a little faster and better and maybe even cheaper. But customer acquisition cost is simply the sum of the cost used to gain a customer. Now that presupposes you're tracking how many customers you have today and at this end point, you know, this arbitrary maybe 90-day period or last year or 12 months, something like that. Yeah. But it's it's that. It's how many new customers did I acquire and what did it cost per customer to get those customers? Yeah. So and it's a, this would be all sales expenses, marketing expenses. Yeah. I mean, you could even, I mean, you can put salaried marketing people. Absolutely, in there. that's a great, that's a really good point. I was thinking that. You yeah, know? if you had a person in house that was doing inbound, or I guess outbound yeah. or whatever, in house right. marketing or in house sales or yeah. whatever. Yeah, if you've got a dedicated person, that's part of your customer acquisition yeah. costs. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've I've wrestled with these scenarios two different businesses I've been a part of versus like when we're weighing out like commission salespeople versus uh, salaried salespeople, um, you know, versus you know, different advertising costs right. and things like that, where you kind of you do plot out your strategy. Yeah. Um, to kind of you know figure out your trying to get the lowest obviously customer acquisition costs. Absolutely, and I also think this goes hand in hand with your pricing. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good handle on your customer acquisition cost, that should go hand in hand with how you price whatever you are selling. Yeah. If you and 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 it, it's kind of a song and dance kind of thing, right? Your pricing tells you how much you can spend on a customer, yeah. but your customer acquisition costs tell you, man, my pricing may not be high enough. Right. So again, just going back to data, like if I don't know what it costs me to acquire a customer, I surely don't know what and we're, I think the next thing we're getting into is what's that customer worth? Yeah. You know, and what I, what they bring in. Yeah, I will tell you, I mean, we should have probably started with that. Once yeah. you know the lifetime value of a customer, right. what I've seen, at least in digital marketing, is people that are confident in the lifetime value of their customer will spend an insane amount to acquire a customer. Right. And it's like absurd when you realize, like, okay, I mean, there are there are pay per click. You know, most people are familiar with Google ads, you know, and you pay every time you click it, that advertiser is getting charged. You know, like there's $40 clicks. Wow. You know, like for different types of things, you know. It's sort of anecdotal, but I've heard like, you know, plastic surgery and like LA is like insane. That's crazy. Cost per click. But they know how much they're willing to spend to acquire a customer. Absolutely. Um, same thing with uh, different real estate, you know, like in, in bigger cities and stuff like that. I mean, they'll, they'll pay insane, amount, insane amounts. Well, you it's know? funny you're saying that because uh, you, <laughs> you went to plastic surgery in L.A. and I thought about boats for some <laughs> reason. But, but the point is there. If you know, man, one out of 100 people are going to click on this and ultimately convert – it's yeah. just a math game. Right. And then I ultimately know what's that one out of 100 going mm-hmm. to yield in terms of revenue. Yeah. Then it's really simple math. 
but you but you have to have the data. Um, that's good points because I, I would tell you here we haven't done that yet. Like I don't think we have yeah. enough data, water under the bridge, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, you have to, to hit a certain scale before mm-hmm. the numbers start being really right. c- clear in and in sort of like a, a repetitive way. Like you know what I mean, making those right. types of decisions, but. Yeah, I think it's a good exercise to do. Just those are this conversation is one I've been a part of a lot, just like in different marketing roles. Yeah, Um, and it's always eye opening, especially when you think of most people kind of come from one particular marketing lane or another, whether it's digital marketing or maybe they're more used to like commissioned sort of hand to hand combat sales. You know, like. But when you kind of put it all out on the table and you and you include all those costs um, and then divide that by your customers, Man. it starts to really open your eyes of like, you know, like, because I've been in conversations where they're like, oh, man, we're paying $15 for a customer, every, you know, from our website. And it's yeah. like, yeah, well, if you include your salaried salespeople and did the same math, you're actually paying like... Three hundred dollars, right, you know, or whatever. Yeah, so it's is, like, yeah. when it gives you a different perspective of, of you know, and there's a different philosophy too that that I think is interesting is that when you know your margins, like if we were talking about your profit margin earlier, there's some people who say, well, whoever can afford to spend the most on a customer will win, you right. know, and. All things being equal, I would imagine that's true. Um, because, yeah, wouldn't you think that if that were the case, if you could eliminate some competitors, then ultimately you can drive your costs down? Yeah. No, this is great. I like as we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm starting to think we have a set, we have a set list of KPIs that we use here, Mirror Group, mm-hmm. like for, for our firm. Like yeah. I always say, Mirror Group is it? We're a client of the firm, um, and we have a couple KPIs that we use. But we have not done this one yet, and it probably as we have a little more history under us, mm-hmm. we will start to do that. But I'm like fascinated by this now as we're talking about it. Like, yeah. what does it cost? You know, what does it cost to produce this podcast and some of the Google stuff we do right. and Facebook stuff we do? Like, what is that yielding? Because I'm also yeah. starting to see what our normal recurring customer looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to talk, like, be thinking about this almost like in a year if we'd come back to this. Sure, and be like, yeah. This is what it was. Yeah. These are the changes I mean, we had to make. a different person behind the table. You're like, <laughs> oh, cheaper. Look, I need a cheaper. He, he uh, the, <laughs> need a cheaper. <laughs> be a robot here. <laughs> look, man. Yeah, Siri <laughs> will take my job. We're trying to drive that customer acquisition cost down. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I get it. <laughs> um, well, look, that was the last one. I mean, I think this stuff, like I said, they're naturally, like, if, you know, I think any business owner, there's going to be some things in here that they just kind of gravitate towards. Right. And, um, but I, yeah, I mean, you said it yourself, this is, this is, um, a good advertisement for getting your bookkeeping in order. This is the good stuff. I will say, let me throw one in there that we use that I think if you are, especially I'm going to speak more to service-based businesses, um, because, Customer acquisition cost is just that. It's a cost. But think about, and I'm and the, why I say that is because think about how much you make per existing customer. So one of the KPIs we have is revenue per active customer. And so it's very simply, what is our revenue over the last 12 months divided by everyone that we have invoiced in the last 12 months, whether we've invoiced them 10 times or two times. So revenue divided by active customers. That number, if you're doing your job right, which is in marketing to your existing client base, you're adding value to them, 
that's no incremental cost to get more per existing customer. So for us, that's a great KPI. It goes kind of hand-in-hand. So we're trying to grow, right? So that means we got to get new customers. But it also means if you if your customer acquisition cost is kind of high, you might start looking at what kind of efforts can you do to increase your, ex, your revenue per existing client. Right. And for us, that's a great metric. That means we're doing our job better. It means more people are consuming services from us that are already in our tribe, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I would also add that one. That wasn't one on here, but that's one for a lot of service-based clients. That's also a good metric of how well you're delivering your services. If people want to consume more and more from you and not just new customers because any you've seen this before with businesses people are sometimes great at acquiring customers they're not so great at keeping them sure that's a great metric to see like how good am i getting new people and or keeping my existing and getting them to buy more from me so loyalty Yeah. yeah no that's good um, well, look, I think that's a good place to end it. I mean, get your KPIs together. I think a good place, where's a good place to start? I mean, I guess my mind goes to just kind of, um, just kind of sitting down with your key staff, people that, are, yeah. you know, that have influence over the major departments and, and kind of just mapping out, look, what, what data do we need to be tracking right. and start there? But get, Yeah. And get some help. I mean, I'm sure most people listening to this probably have an accountant. Ask them, yeah. say, Hey, you've seen my books for the last three, five years. What are some things I should be looking at? Like you, mm-hmm. if, if they know your business, they know the ins, the kind of the ins and outs. Like, what are some things that you know that when I spend more on this, revenue goes up? Yeah. Or if I, you know, I need to watch this cost because it creeps up. Just like very, very basic stuff. But get some help. Your your internal people are great, but get your advisor in the conversation. Yeah. Good point. Um, all right. Well, if you need more information, go to mirror.group. All the other podcasts are there as well as contact information to reach out to Marcus and fire away more small business accounting questions at him. Um, and so, yeah, please reach out at mirror.group. We'll see you all next right. time.